0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Seeking Excellence Podcast. So as promised, uh, today is the first episode that will have only Tori and Seth in the episode. And so very excited to share their story, the story of the journey of their love, their relationship uh, with you. They had a lot of ups and downs and, and learned a lot of wisdom about relationships, about God, about themselves along the way. So they share all of that in today's episode as they share how they went from um, acquaintances to to being married. and so. I hope that you enjoy this episode and uh, know that we'll be back next week with several episodes and we're kind of getting back on schedule and back on track now that I'm post-surgery and recovering. And so very excited to come back uh, hard next
1: week with some great, great content. Enjoy.
2: You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. You are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hello, everyone. This is Seth Slayman coming at you,
0: and Tori Slayman.
2: Uh, and yeah, we're grateful to be here. Uh, Nathan invited us to, um, yeah, host our own podcast within the Seeking Excellence um, umbrella, and we're just yeah starting this off, and we're excited to spend a little time together tonight, as well as with you all here. Um and I think our plan was just to kinda go through our story together, um and really give a little bit deeper insight into the feelings that were happening throughout it. Uh because it is you know, we've come a long way and now we're married, just married what, two months and a half? Two months ago almost now.
0: November fourteenth.
2: Yep. Yep. So um yeah, it's been a long road, an awesome road
0: a long road
2: it will continue to be a long road <laughs> <laughs> um, but I couldn't have asked for it to go any better and we're you know I don't want to speak for you Tori but I think that <laughs> we're just truly blessed in, in each other and throughout the road has just been um, fantastic cheers cheers <laughs> so it's aggressive really right next to the mic I am drinking, what am I drinking? Woodford Reserve.
0: A whiskey? Yep. Like all good Catholic podcasts, we have to tell you what we're drinking first. I'm drinking a nice cold one. San Pellegrino. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not your typical.
0: Um, what do no. you think
2: of the first sip? Because that's, that's the first time we bought it.
0: Um, not as good as LaCroix. Mm. But we'll see. Maybe it's an acquired, I'm sure it's an acquired taste just on my way to acquiring it.
2: Okay. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. You want to start us off here?
0: Yeah. So like Seth said, we just wanted to kind of introduce ourselves. Um, thanks to Nathan for giving us this chance to do that. Um, he is Seth and I am Tori and we got married a month and a half ago. Uh, we live in Newport, Kentucky, so like greater Cincinnati area. And we met at the grand old benedictine college in atchison kansas
2: yeah i'm sure you've heard heard a lot about benedictine at this point so thank you all hopefully we'll get a percentage of you know their endowment or something for mentioning them on this podcast
0: that's not how it works but i think (laughs) (laughs) we can move on from here um Yeah, so we met at Benedictine, Um, I studied marketing and communications, I double majored, um, so communications and like journalism, so I like to write, Um, I have written a little bit for the Seeking Excellence blog and will continue to do so, so um, just something that I enjoy more like creative writing and then having my journalism background as well. has been really helpful just to process all of the events of 2020, the journey of engagement and getting married and just kind of processing things that happen in, um, in my life and now both of our lives. Um, so that's kind of what I, what I did in school and what I enjoy doing. And then I played soccer as well on the women's soccer team at Benedictine. Um, and Seth.
2: Yeah. Um, and you guys have already heard a little bit about us. So we're just going to briefly touch on, both of that. But I also went to Benedictine to play baseball, um, ended up as an accounting and finance major, didn't really plan on, didn't know what I was going to do when I came into college. Still don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but I guess that's kind of like the never ending, ending tale of life of you're always trying to figure out what your next move is. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of, um, where we, happened to come in I don't know I'm from Paola and once we got Where's to Paola? Paola Kansas about 30 miles south of the Kansas City metro area go Panthers <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be surprised if a Panther listens to this podcast um, <clears throat> but yeah we didn't meet until my junior year well I guess we briefly met my sophomore year your freshman year but really didn't start talking and um, going on dates until we were, until I was a junior and you were a sophomore, right? Yep. <clears throat> um, so yeah, really started off as just any normal, innocent college relationship, <laughs> dare I say. What? <laughs> um, and we met at a house party. Nux. And, yeah, it was, um, totally didn't expect it to happen. I was crushing on Tori. She probably didn't even know who I was.
1: <clears throat> <No response. laughs>
2: um, And then, yeah, we had, I mean, I'm not going to go through too much of it, but we had a couple of first dates. Everything went well, and month or two later we decided to start dating more seriously Um, and Tori actually I didn't really have any Catholic faith before meeting you Tori Um, and that was always something that I really admired about you was that you did have you did have a faith life and even though I didn't know what it was it was just always so appealing to me and I always was like looking for that in a woman and I didn't really know, I, I didn't know how to explain why it was so attractive to me. But something about that was just like, yes, that's, that's something that I need to like figure out in my life.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it seems like so long ago now that we, because we met in the fall, fall of my sophomore year, your junior year. Um, and I don't know, this is kind of. Yeah, it's weird to kind of go through this on like a in a podcast format because by no means are we saying like this is like a blueprint for how to have a relationship or a blueprint for how to do everything right. Not even Um, so it's kind of uncomfortable doing that because like that's that's like very much not the reason to do this and it won't ever be the reason to do this. But um, just being given the opportunity to talk about this or kind of like introduce ourselves or talk about who we are, I think. one of uh sorry there are a lot of wires here I'm getting distracted (laughs) um (laughs) but just talking like reflecting on our relationship and like what worked and what didn't work and how we got to where we are um I just remember when we first started dating I I so Seth is the only person I've ever dated I've never dated anybody else so all of it was very new to me um and Initially, honestly, like not a reflection on Seth, but I think like anyone who would have asked me on a date when he first asked me on a date, my mind was like, yeah, like I'll go on a date and then probably won't go anywhere, and then I'll go on a date with somebody else and then probably won't go anywhere, and I'll just kind of like date around until I find the person. <laughs> that sounds that's not a bad thing. You are supposed to like date different people, or there's nothing wrong with dating different people. <laughs> but that's what I thought. Once I kind of got to that place where I felt like I was ready for that when I was in college. Um, and then eventually find the person that I would marry. And I didn't have the expectation that the first person I went on this date with in college was going to be that person. Um, But I remember like going on the first date and making the decision to say yes to the second date and then yes to the third date. Um, And I think one of the primary reasons was just number one, you asked. Um, And I think one thing that's probably really relatable for a lot of girls In high school and college just like honestly any age but girls right now is that a lot of girls like don't really get asked on dates um it's not nearly as common as it used to be um a lot of things are much more unclear than they used to be so just like the clarity with which you asked um like i wasn't going to say no because i appreciated the fact that you asked me and i know that's like a brave thing for a man to do and i really respected that and then the reason for saying yes to the second date and the third date was that I always knew like where I stood with you and like in all the time that I've known you we've known each other like about a little over four years now since we first started dating or started that process and I've never been unsure about the way that you feel about me which is like such a gift um so if I if we're like re- reflecting on our relationship and what worked well and what worked didn't well that's like what sticks out the most to me is what worked is that regardless of anything else that was not perfect in our relationship like i've never questioned the way that you feel about me mm. which i'm very grateful for
2: yeah yeah my dating my dating history is a little more you know like i'd had a couple <laughs> girlfriends before tori um and a couple of them were pretty serious but i didn't really i didn't really know where i was going with anything and then before I had met Tori I'd, I'd kind of had depended on being with a girlfriend. I kind of found my identity in that I guess now looking back on it um, was like I felt like I had to have a girlfriend to have an identity um, <clears throat> and yeah once we got into our relationship um, I was baptized Catholic and then once we started, I think I slowly... You know, I think I went with you to Sunday mass and things like that, but was very slow. I didn't always know what I was doing. Sometimes I didn't go to mass. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of apprehension to it because I was also like skeptical. I was at a Catholic, mm. I was at a Catholic right. college, and I wanted to make sure that it was like you know, if I'm going to dive into it, I really want to dive into it, and I wanted to make sure like I actually believed in everything that was, hmm. um, that I was, you know, saying that I was going to believe if I were to, to jump into that.
0: Yeah. I remember when we first started having those conversations, when we first started talking and at that point, um, my faith had always been important to me, but it was, it was after that previous summer between my freshman and sophomore year that, um, I made the decision coming. I had been told if you go to daily mass, it'll change your life. And I'd never been a daily mass goer by any means before. Um and so I had like made the decision on my own when I came back to school like no matter what else was happening I was going to go to daily mass and see if it changed my life and I was just going to make that a priority. Um and so doing that just spiritually I was probably at one of the best points spiritually I had ever been before. And then we were having a conversation when we first started talking about going to mass and um and I I like can see your fa- like junior year Seth's face like looking at my- <laughs> I me and you're like you go to mass every day. And I was like, yeah, like, I try to. You're welcome to go with me anytime. Just let me know. And two or three weeks later, I remember getting a text, like, in the middle of the afternoon from you. You're like, I want to go to Mass. Um, and that was really cool for me because one of the things you said in that initial conversation um, was that going to Benedictine, which is a very, like, faith-filled school, there are a lot of people who were also going to daily Mass and also had these lives of prayer and had really grown up with it and hadn't really you know, plenty of people who are coming from different places, but for a lot of people that was just normal. Um, And you pointing out that as someone who hadn't had that in the past, it kind of made you feel left out um, because everyone else was doing these same things that you'd never really been given the opportunity to understand where I'd always, I would have looked at you and thought like, oh, like he probably just thinks it's stupid or he probably doesn't want to come to mass where I was totally wrong. Um and so to kind of like go on that journey with you or start that journey with you, I think was very like eye opening and very humbling for me. Mm-hmm. Um so it's funny to look back on that at this point.
2: Yeah, and I remember kind of like one of the more pivotal moments this is like going back to confession for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember getting Louis, a text about that whenever, too. Whenever
2: is the first time I'd went to go to Tori's home in St. Charles and we went to the Basilica in St. Louis. And when we were there, it was like four years since my last confession. And I just remember sitting down and saying to the priest, like, uh, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. It's been like four years since I've been to the confessional. And he was just like, thank God that you're here. And that was like <laughs> all that it was. And I was just trying to rattle off all my sins. And he is like, no matter how many you try to recall, like, it's still, you've already, like, you'll be forgiven no matter how many you recall. So, like, do your best, and if you don't remember them all, that's okay. Hmm. <clears throat> and that was cool. And then after that, like, I still had no clue what, you know, what confession did to me. I had no clue. I really didn't understand the Eucharist still. Didn't understand a lot of things about the Catholic faith um so just to kind of fast forward the story we dated throughout all of our uh, all of that year all that school year
0: your junior year my sophomore year
2: we came back in the fall and like both of us kind of when we first got back we both were like i don't know if this is it like we both were like i don't you know i'm not sure like we were both mutually feeling that way yeah and
0: And we been I had been in Atchison that summer, um, so where Benedictine is and you were in Kansas City. So we were only like an hour apart, which is much closer than we would have been had I not been in Atchison. So it wasn't like we had been apart for that long. Like we'd been right. together for the summer. And when we came back to school, like I, I think we were both in very different places. You were entering your senior year. Yeah. I was entering my junior year, which like beginning of junior year and beginning of senior year are two very different periods mm-hmm. in college um and I at that point for no like particular reason I was just like kind of off like it was just kind of an off time for me and I think I like brought that into our relationship a lot but
2: yeah so just to get to it yeah we we kind of went through that and like after we um after we decided to uh, yeah take I mean we didn't say take a break but we we broke up and decided to kind of go our separate ways but I mean like both of us you know we didn't really know what was gonna happen so yeah after a couple of weeks i recognized like man that just wasn't that wasn't the smart decision um for me and so i know i told you that and i know i was just trying to make like every effort possible to like go to a mass and i think it was more to see you than it was to like go to mass Cause I knew you'd be there and it was just like a really, um, it was almost like a four, like a foretaste of like what I was eventually going to do. Mm. But during that point, like I was just in a different, I was also physically in a different location with different people where I'm not sure if it would have been as successful as it was later on. But during that period, I just felt like, like this is what I need to be doing. So I'm just going to go do it and hopefully I'll see Tori at the same time (laughs) and I mean we probably took like a month break Mm -hmm. and then we decided to get back together um
0: yeah and during that it was probably two it wasn't that long it was like two weeks after we broke up it was like the beginning of soccer season so I and the the other podcast that I did for Seeking Excellence I talked more about this but it was at that point that I tore my ACL in the fourth soccer game of our season. And I'd like never been injured before, never really gone through something like that before. was already just like feeling kind of weird about mm-hmm. school. And I, I don't really have an explanation for it, but I was just like feeling kind of off. Like the newness of college was wearing off for me. Um, so then I like tear my ACL. That's just like weird. And I was sad about soccer. Um, I, like, didn't really realize, I hadn't, like, processed it yet, though, I was just, like, thrown off, and I didn't really know what to do, and it was weird to, like, process that without Seth, because at that point, that was, like, again, never having dated anybody, the longest I'd ever spent that close to someone, and then not having you was really weird, and I was also supposed to go and study abroad that spring, so I, like, tore my ACL, found out because I tore my ACL, I couldn't go abroad in the spring, so here I am, like, broken up with you in this place where i like can't play soccer can't really do anything and now i can't go abroad so i'm just stuck and then (laughs) i ran into you and you were like you want to go and then and then (laughs) i ran into you and you were like you want to go study together i was like okay probably crying and then we got back together (laughs) that Um, like that that's the order of it was that romantic oh my
2: gosh um (laughs) but to kind of continue the fast forward so we can get to (laughs) like where else we were, you know, like the important chunk is just that eventually, well, yes, yes. Um, ahead. after our winter break, you know, I'm coming back my senior year. I'm really, and I just am speaking from my mindset, but I was really just like, you know, Tori and I like, we're good. We got this this is my last semester with like my people that I'm going to graduate with. Like I really want to take it. And I, my senior year, I decided to forego baseball, wasn't playing baseball anymore. So I had more time to spend with friends, uh, more time to work out at the gym, which was pretty much my way of hanging out with my (laughs) (laughs) friends and playing basketball and stuff like that. And, you know, we met a lot of people up there, you know, I met a lot of friends that I wouldn't have been friends with had I not, um had I not been doing that every day um but yeah that was just like my opportunity to really like go out with my senior class and have a good time with everyone and um I felt like that was kind of difficult for you because you know you wanted me to continue on that path that I was starting like my first semester when we were, like, getting back together and we Mm -hmm. were starting to, like, get a better routine. So I felt like that was that was eventually where we ended up later on that semester was just that that became a difficult um, thing for you to process. Am I right in that?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think because it's, like, you not playing baseball, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that was a good decision and so much came from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then having all that free time – and again, just junior year and senior year are two different experiences. And I, I knew that I couldn't understand everything that was going on in your head because you were about to graduate. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was looking for internships and thinking about the summer and um, thinking about my own senior year and, and just much different details. And so I think that was hard for me because I had loved like going on the journey of like, let's ask questions about the faith together, not just for the, the sake of like, looking like Catholics or like looking like a Catholic couple or like, like for real, like, let's explore our faith. Like it was genuinely something that I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, and something that I like selflessly appreciated for you. But then I, I was realizing as I was having this really tough year, just emotionally and mentally, and with a lot of different things, as I was having this tough year and I was like longing for you to keep asking the questions you'd been asking before um I realized I was I was wanting it selflessly for you but also like as your girlfriend like I needed that like for you to be like the boyfriend that I wanted you to be Mm -hmm. like you weren't going to be that unless you were doing those things and so I think it was just a, just a series of me like projecting expectations, some realistic, some not realistic, but I didn't really know how to tell the difference,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just feeling like I was being let down, and mm-hmm. then not knowing how to communicate that because I'd never had to do that before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to tell the bad news, or do you want me to? It? <laughs> um.
0: I. Oh gosh. I, I feel will. like
2: I tell it every time.
0: No, I will. Um. So yeah. So. we got to the end of uh, just like worked through that semester.
2: And just so everybody knows, this was like the main point of the homily during our wedding ceremony. Yeah,
0: this was like all (laughs) Father Father Simon Simon talked about. It really made me look bad, but it's okay. I love
2: Father Simon though.
0: Yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, so we're like going through that year and um again like I said like there are so many things where now I realize like I put you in a lot of really unfair situations because I was like I'm sad and I'm on crutches and I don't have anywhere to go like come spend time with me (laughs) (laughs) and you're like you're like okay well here are six of my friends and we're all drinking beer so like you can come sit with us or like and that that's just like such a juxtaposition of like (laughs) needs and neither one is like inherently bad but when you like have to choose between one and the other, I was always feeling like I was not being chosen and yeah, whatever. So, just a lot going on, and um, so we like got through that year, and <laughs> um, Benedictine always has like a senior week at the end of the year, which is just like best last so send fun. out of college, like so good, so much fun. And I had just been feeling very like the best I've heard. And
2: you had chosen to stay around, right? Like, you yeah. could have gone, you. I could have have gone gone back um, to St. Louis, but I was going to be there for the,
0: yeah, I was going to be there for the graduation, like, ceremony, so it's, like, it doesn't make sense to, like, go home for a week and then turn around and drive all the way back, so, Mm -hmm. like, if I can find a way to stay, I will, so I ended up just staying for senior week, too, which is, like, I, that's weird, too, because then we're both there for different reasons. You're with all your friends the last week of college, um, and then I'm there, too, which, um
2: no longer on crutches,
0: no longer on crutches, crutches long gone at that point, um, yeah, but we were there, and I, I've heard, I've had a friend describe, like, feeling like this as well, so I can't, like, claim this phrase, but it, it really rung true for me, like, such an intense lack of peace, and I didn't really know why, and I didn't know what to do about it, but I just knew, like, I had such an intense lack of peace, and so that was kind of my thought, like, growing towards the end of the semester and then going through senior week and at at some point like I just had the clarity during senior week of like intense lack of peace I need peace like I don't know I don't care what I have to do to get it but I need peace and then I just got the clarity like middle of senior week like three or four days before you're graduating and I was like we need to break up like I just knew and I like it was so clear to me and I didn't know why and I didn't want to like it wasn't like, oh, like, I can't wait to break up and I can't wait to, like, move on. It was like, I don't want to, but I know that we need to. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't going to tell you, like, during senior week in the middle of this, these, like, last great memories with a lot of your friends. And so basically I waited until the day after graduation. <laughs> and, and
2: to make it clear, Seth had stayed up.
0: Seth had stayed up very. Until
2: 4, 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> had woken up to a phone call happened to have my ringer on thanks be to god and i happened to wake up to a phone call that she was outside the house at 9 30
1: yeah
2: <clears throat> so i walk outside totally unsuspecting prepared to just say goodbye hey i'll see you in like a week or so you know like i'll see you soon
0: because i was about to drive back to st
1: louis
2: right
0: yeah yeah and so that morning like i like i even that morning i still like wasn't totally sure though i was like i know i have i know i have to do this but i don't like i don't know if i can and so i woke up and i was like sleeping on people's couches because i didn't really have a place to stay because i wasn't technically like living on campus anymore so i like woke up on the couch got my stuff i went up to the lookout of benedictine which is like where we started dating it's like the Mm -hmm. romantic spot of benedictine and just a really pretty like place Mm -hmm. on the bluff so I went up to the lookout and I was like, I'm just going to like go there and pray. So I like went up and prayed at the lookout. And for some reason, it wasn't like, so Father Simon, the person who, the priest who said our, who married us, who said our wedding, um, it wasn't like I was particularly close to Father Simon, but I, I love, everybody loves Father Simon. Like he was a soccer player. I really related to him. Um, and I knew that Seth was going on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land right after graduation for 10 days.
2: In two days.
0: In two days with um, with Father Simon. So as I'm like sitting up there at the lookout, I was like, God, send me Father Simon. Like, just send me Father Simon. I just need Father Simon. And I waited for a little while and I was like, well, I guess Father Simon isn't coming, I guess it's just me. So I went back to my car and I'm just like crying like all morning and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't wanna go over there yet. Like you hadn't texted, you hadn't woken up yet. And so I like went in the car and I was writing a letter um, to pass the time. I was like, maybe I'll write him a letter. I guess I'll do this. And I look over and father Simon is like walking up the hill. I was like, yes, God, father Simon, thank you. And so I like ran out to him crying. Poor father Simon, father, father Simon has seen me cry a lot. Um, and so I just told him, I was like, I am going to go break up with Seth. Like, I know you're about to spend all this time with him. I just wanted to let you know, like, this is what you're walking into. And it just, like, really, really crying. And Father Simon was like, I'm sorry I didn't know you were trying to get my attention. I thought maybe you were going into confession. And I was like, oh, there's confession right now? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll go there. And he was like, yeah, I think maybe you should. <laughs> and um, he was like, well, maybe I'll, like, give you a blessing. So Father Simon gave me a blessing before I went to go break up with the man that I would, two years later, marry while Father Simon was there. Um but he like gave, gave me the blessing. I went into confession, and I was like, okay, I'll go in. And if I don't hear back from Seth by the time I'm done with confession, I'll call him, and I'll just go over there. And so went in, came out, woke Seth up, went over. And long story short, we broke up. It was awful. It was the worst. And then...
2: Long story long. long story. So that leads <laughs> us into um, just kind of our time apart. Which I had gone right to the Holy Lands right after that. I know yeah. I've, been, I've been over this in the last podcast, but yeah, I think that, that was just like really good for me to like be in that state of like more or less like kind of shambles. Like I'm just going over there and I like had just had a lot happen to me. Felt like I was just like kind of receiving all that and not really being passively getting that, not actively doing something and so just to go over there and like kind of be away from that was really good for me and like to not have to like focus on that so yeah just had that and it wasn't like i was really like i was was thinking about it throughout the trip and i had a lot on my mind but by no means did it take away from my experience at the holy lands um and to what
0: extent do you think it like changed your experience while you were there
2: I don't know. That's a good question. I think that I don't know what I would have been like, you know, maybe it opened my heart a little bit during that period. Mm -hmm. And I was more open to kind of receiving, receiving everything that was happening there. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I would have just gone there more as a tourist, not as a pilgrim if I would have been. Yeah. Um if I wouldn't have had all that happening, but I don't know. I really don't. That's an alternate universe question that I don't have the (laughs) (laughs) that I don't have the capability (laughs) of answering. Mm. Um, so yeah, I came back from that. I started my first job, moved into my apartment. Um, and I know Nathan and I had spoken about this in the past, but I had, you know, I had smoked weed pretty frequently when I was in high school and while i was in college um so like i I had done that you know i drank with my friends but i really was like i don't know if you know you hear all these stories about people who like have these big life events and then their life goes downhill because they started drinking or like they had like this addiction problem where they felt like they couldn't get out of it and i was like i really just i know that i can't depend on some form of Hmm. substance i know i can't do that like it's okay if i drink it's okay if i do this but like i can't depend on it Mm -hmm. and so i was like well i know people say also like lean on god in those situations so during that period i was just like you know what i'm just gonna give this a shot and see what happens i just i was fresh from the holy land pilgrimage i was feeling like Really, you know, propelled to go out and do something, and like I knew it was important that I would like at this point. Yeah, at this point, I knew that I was like I was certain I was Catholic. I was like going to take it seriously, or like you know as seriously as I thought the next Catholic took it. Mm. And so I started to go. I know it's good to go to confession frequently. I'm going to do that once a month, even though it is really hard. Um, confess my sins I'm gonna go you know maybe I'll try to go to daily mass a couple times a week even though I'm still I'm still like don't really know what the Eucharist is to be honest like mm-hmm. I may know what it is but I don't understand it like it doesn't hit me in the face and like I didn't have a prayer life and I would go to adoration but I didn't understand like what's so great about adoration like mm-hmm. so I'm still like in that state and i can remember going to like oh man if you if you live in kansas city then you've probably heard of um dollar beer night at what's the name of the bar brew top brew top dollar beer night wednesday nights man the patio (laughs) a hot summer night man there's just nothing better than a cold beer on the patio of brew top and so we'd go fairly frequently you know probably every wednesday (laughs) And your boy would spend at least $10, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And the next morning, I would go to Mass at, like, 6.30, and my, you know, I would not feel like I'm, I would not feel great. And, like, Mm -hmm. but I still went. And, like, there was something to that, even though it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so, like, that whole time, like, when you're saying, like, I didn't really know what the big deal about adoration was Mm -hmm. or, like, didn't really understand what the Eucharist was, but you're still going to, like, confession frequently and you're still going to adoration and you're still going to mass and like right yeah no i think there's something to be said for that because there's um in the screw tape letters which i like actually that at that time i was reading like Mm -hmm. that's the summer i read the screw tape letters which is kind of ironic but um there's like one line in there where c.s lewis is talking about what like the devil hates the most or what's like one of the most threatening things to the devil yeah and one of the most threatening things to to the devil is like someone who does what god wants even when they don't want to or even when they don't understand why they're doing it mm-hmm. so like obviously like all of the all of the negatives are like detracting in some way or like negatives are negatives like there right. there were things that needed to be improved but the fact that you you weren't doing all of those things because of a feeling that you had. You were just doing them because you were trusting that the church said that they were right mm-hmm. and that they were what God wanted is like that. Like C.S. Lewis in that book says that's like the most threatening thing to the devil that there is. So like, even in that in time heart, when you're so like, yeah,
2: I was compelled that it was the right thing too. Yeah, It wasn't just like a blind, it wasn't a blind thing where I was just going like, Oh yeah. Mm
1: hmm. hmm.
0: And you're going for the right reasons. Right. And like God really doesn't least, need us to I feel so. something in order to have his sacraments be powerful. So yeah. you being there during a time when you were like very imperfect was still like so valuable to God and so threatening to the devil, yeah. which I think is really powerful.
2: So where were you at in all of this, you know, first semester of senior year? you know, into second semester? Where were you? Because that's kind of where I was at all the way up mm. until of like February of yeah 20, what was that?
0: 2019.
2: 2019. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like 2018 into 2019, um, I, yeah, so after that summer when we were broken up, I came back to school and um, I was kind of dreading coming back to school because I was like, a lot of my friends were... In Seth's grade, a lot of my friends were Seth's friends. He's not here anymore. It's just gonna be a much different semester. So came back to school, um, but I was like pleasantly surprised by how good it was to be back um, and how much it still felt like home even though so many things were different, like on so many levels. Um, so I came back, I was like living with people I'd never lived with before um was getting adjusted after not having played soccer all that time I'd been like rehabbing for 10 months so I was so excited to come back and play um started the soccer season alumni game not even a real game but first game of the season I tear my ACL again and that was like just like game. a pre basically a preseason game so it was the fir- the first time I'd been back after 10 months and I junior year I like wasn't really like super excited about playing soccer so it wasn't actually that disappointing initially when I got hurt but senior year like I was so excited to come back so um yeah so that happened and I, I just remember it hit me at some point I was like this time I have to do it without Seth like my ACL is torn I have to get surgery I have to do rehab I have to find a place to ice my knee and I I Seth's not here for it like I don't know how I'm gonna do it this time and I even after I got surgery I don't know if I ever told you this even after I got surgery sometime I still like had the anesthesia like I had just come back to the house coming from like my actual operation and like with the anesthesia I remember talking to my mom and her asking me where I wanted like the ice machine and I almost I don't think I said it out loud but I almost said I was like I'll just keep it at Seth's house and I'll go there and we'd been broken up for like six plus months at that point and like stopping myself from saying that because I realized that you weren't there anymore was like so it was so hard um so that's where I was fall but going through that process it was like so many things that I lost junior year like a lot of friendships were just they had just like changed like the way all friendships changed throughout college or high school or whatever like they had changed um and then like slowly I just had an awesome conversation with one friend and then like a few weeks later I'd have an awesome conversation with another friend like mm-hmm. having the the empty space that i was so sad to like not have you in anymore like apparently like it was supposed to be there because so many other like people and ideas and experiences filled that space that i didn't realize i needed so it's kind of like when you're broken open like there's room for like the light to get in and mm-hmm. grace to get in and yeah i think that's kind of what was happening so that was my experience senior year but like i i have really good memories from senior year um And the way I've described it is that all year, I was, like, really sad, but very at peace all year. Mm -hmm. Just, like, very sad all year. Like, I I miss you almost all year, but very at peace. Yeah. Which was a weird place to be, but it was really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, like I said, I was kind of just struggling with those things through probably till, like, February-ish. And then I had been invited by this friend, Dane Finney. Uh, Shout out to her. And she had invited me into... Not Finney. Well, yeah, not Finney anymore. Fulcher now.
0: Cheers to the Fulchers.
2: Yeah, Dane and Kurt. Um, (laughs) What, married probably a month before we were? Uh Um, Uh-huh. Yeah, I had met met her on my Holy Land pilgrimage, and she'd lived in Kansas City. She invited me to a... (laughs) um, bible study with just a random group of people that she had gotten to know over her time in kansas city and i was like yeah i'm down i'm i'll check it out and i was still i definitely progressed in my conversion at that point but still was just like there was a lot going on still in like a mortal sin state um not really understanding what that meant and just like being in the bible study and like me speaking it out loud to another person was just like super good for me to hear what i'm going through and hear what these other people are going through and realizing like oh like i have a lot that i need to work on if these are like the things that are they feel like are holding them back i was like man i do that all the time and in mm-hmm. fact i probably self-impose those problems um on myself
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like i need to figure out i need to get this stuff right if i'm going to do that stuff and i was just like recognizing like oh i got a lot it was like a massive overhaul (laughs) um i kind of explained it like i'd been learning i'd learned how i wanted to do things growing up and like how to get by in the real world uh, like in the secular world Mm
1: -hmm.
2: growing up and then once i got there i felt like i was just going through this like huge identity like change crisis of like me needing to like relearn my entire philosophy of understanding how to live my life and like i was just going through this while being in this bible study because of this bible study but like ultimately because i had like bought in at this point
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that probably was a two to three month process and like kind of like i said on my last one like conversion is a never-ending process like you're always yeah you're always on the road to conversion because we're not perfect. And like during that period, I was just like really on fire of trying to figure out what steps I was going to take next. Mm-hmm. And about that time is when we, I know we texted earlier than this, but my birthday is in April, but I know Tori had texted yeah, me I was
0: right at your birthday.
2: You had texted me for my birthday. Yeah. And just said happy birthday. Mm
0: -hmm. And I I remember, like, we had talked throughout the year, but I think the thing that, like, stuck out to me about that, like, we talked at different points throughout the year, seen each other, like, a couple times, hadn't talked for, like, a while up until that point, but on your birthday, I, that was like the first time that I had like initiated conversation and not mm. that I like hadn't wanted to talk to you, but that was the first time I like mm-hmm. actively initiated anything and reached out to you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because like graduation is coming up. I'm like realizing all of the things that I knew I couldn't understand that Seth was going through the year before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like getting emotional about graduating and moving on and like thinking again about what had happened the year before. And like really just feeling like, not regret for anything, but just like actual, like, sorry, like I felt so sorry, like for everything that I had put you through and everything that we'd been through. So on your birthday, I texted you and, um, I like said, happy birthday. And then I sent a second text that was saying like, also, I've been thinking a lot. I'm understanding everything that you were going through last year. Like, I'm sorry for all of the hurt that I caused you and your whatever response you sent it, like the initial text was super short. Yeah. And I didn't realize how disappointed I would be at like your short response. Like I, I remember sitting like outside on a bench before class and like my eyes like filled with tears when I read it because I was like, oh my gosh, like you weren't in the place where you were just like trying to get me back that you had been in before. I was like, he's like growing up, he's moving on like, oh my gosh, what are you gonna do? And then you followed it up with like a super nice other text. Mm-hmm. Um but just something, and it was, like, was in like, that moment, it was revealed to me, like, how much I still missed you.
2: And there was, like, a couple, it seemed like a month before that. I don't remember when it was. But we had talked about. Oh, yeah. We had talked about getting.
0: Like, getting dinner or something. And it didn't really work out.
2: Well, and, like, you were. Not to put you on the on the hot seat here. Mm, sorry. But all right. But we were trying to figure something out. And you had, like, texted me on, like, the Friday night. Friday night yeah. at like 8 p.m. And you're like, can you meet tomorrow at okay, 8, eight o'clock? We're and I was like,
0: about this, I, guess.
2: I was like, bruh, you think I'm going <laughs> to make <laughs> in 12 hours? I'm going to make a schedule change like that. And I remember that yeah, was kind of like, that. I was kind of like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And that's probably why I was so short. But then eventually <laughs> we got to the point where we both had decided like, hey, it would be good to grab dinner before she graduates. And she was moving to Cincinnati already. And I was just like, you know, if you are open to it, I would love to. Don't feel any pressure. Totally up to you. You let me know, like, a time and a place, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be there if you want to. And eventually we said, like, we figured it out for, um, like, the week before graduation. Yeah.
0: And Before um, my graduation.
2: And... I totally expected it to be, like, 30, 45 minutes, us catching up. Yeah. And then be like, all right, well, like, it was good to see you one last time before we part ways.
0: Yeah. Were you nervous at all for that?
2: I mean, kind of, because we were... It just was the first time I'd seen you in a while and like, oh, a got to spend time. time with you.
1: Yeah. And, like, I didn't
2: want to... But I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go in. I'm going to be very open about, like, what I'm going through. And that's how I'm gonna play it and we'll see what happens
0: yeah yeah I remember I don't remember like to what extent but I remember being sort of nervous or like apprehensive about it like I was just I also remember
2: seeing you in the parking lot (laughs) as as I'm pulling up I like see you getting out of your car and I like wave at you and smile and you just like look back at me like blank stare
0: yeah I didn't mean to do that (laughs) that wasn't on purpose um, It was probably just because I was nervous, but we, yeah, we went to dinner, went to the restaurant. I was like kind of nervous, but I like really didn't have any expectation for it. Um And I just remember like so many of the things that you were saying, just like catching up to so many of the things that you were saying about like this is going on or this is going on or this is what I'm up to. I was like, what? Like you're doing that or like you're helping lead a youth group mm-hmm. like you real like, Like, Mm -hmm. so that's the kind of thing that, like, there are so many things that you were saying that when we'd previously been dating, I would have like been sitting there in mass trying to like figure out, this is such a girl, like girls do this all the time. But like, I would have been sitting there, like trying to figure out how to manipulate you into wanting to do that because I knew it would be good for you and I wanted you to do it for you. But I, I was like, there are so many things that I wanted to like change for your good. Mm Um, which, like, isn't the way a relationship is supposed to be, honestly. Like, you should want good things for the other person. But right. it just wasn't – it was, like, all those little things I was like, oh, I guess that's not my job mm-hmm. to manipulate you into wanting to do those things. I guess that's something where you just reach that point on your own. So for me, it just felt like a series of realizing all those things of, like – Wow, like Seth feels like an adult and I'm still in school and that's not like degrading of myself or anything, but I it just felt like I was like looking up to you <laughs> looking up to you for the first time. Yeah. Like, wow, like you've grown a lot and I actually feel like I have a lot to learn from you. Um as a contrast to like where we were when we first started dating.
2: Yeah, so what I expected to be thirty or forty five minutes, we ended up sitting there for like four hours. Yeah. Talking.
0: It was a really long time. And Which had never happened when we dated before. Like, a lot of people say, like, oh, yeah, our first date, we, like, talked until 3 in the morning or shut the restaurant down. And we, like, we'd always gotten along really well, but we'd never had that sort of thing where we could just talk forever. Um, And then we, like, did on that.
2: And then I remember saying to you that night, like, you know, if if we gave it another shot, like, I would totally be open to it. And, like. That had taken a lot because it had just been such a, like, a rocky, like, very difficult time for me to, like, process. But ultimately, it, like, led me to where I was supposed to be, um, the area that I was supposed to pursue.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, yeah, like, it was what I needed, not recognizing it at that time. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it was just, like, very hard for me to wrap my mind about, around why I wanted it. Mm -hmm. None of it
0: was super like logical at all. No.
2: And Um, to anybody on the outside, I'm sure it was like, what is going on? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with that. And in the same way that right before we'd broken up, I had the like very confusing, but like at the same time, very clear pull towards like peace and like, the action to get that peace was like we have to break up in the same way I felt that it was like when we were at dinner Like I didn't want to leave because mm-hmm. so I was like if we leave I might never see you again And like the same like pull towards peace I felt like I was feeling that when we were at dinner mm-hmm. Where I was like this is peace like it doesn't make any sense for me to like be with you But I just want to like
1: yeah,
0: I just want to be with you And I don't know if that means getting back together or what but I like I just felt like that same sort of peace where I just wanted to follow it mm-hmm. again yeah. So we got back together. Long story <laughs> short.
2: And then, yeah, it was probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, I like I graduated.
0: And... I was moving from, was like, from Atchison back to St. Louis and then from St. Louis to Cincinnati. You went to London.
2: Oh, yeah. And, so, and Amsterdam.
0: And Amsterdam and Paris. uh oh, um, oh. And, um... We were like talking Shout a little Josh bit. Shout out Josh
2: Olson. Yeah. If he listens.
0: Hey Josh. <laughs> and um, yeah, but you were there while we were talking, and then when you got back to get art, once you got back to Kansas, I remember we were on the phone yeah. one night. I had like just moved to Kentucky. To surrender novena. Over the phone, yeah, we prayed the su- surrender novena and got back together.
2: Which I didn't know what that was at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got back together, and then like
0: six months later to the day. We got engaged a year, our one-year anniversary from getting back together. You moved to Kentucky in the yeah. middle of a pandemic. And then on November
2: 14th, it took we got so married. so long to get a job. Yeah, it was, and being apart, I think, being long distance, we were, I was in Kansas City. She was here mm-hmm. for nine months. Six of that, six wasn't engaged. The three remaining we were. I guess it was longer than that. It was like
0: six months that we were engaged.
2: From December to June. It was, like, it was June. like a year before I moved out here. So, Because I didn't move out till June. So, oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. Six months. Wow. Well, six um, months of
0: our engagement was long distance.
2: Yeah. So I think just being long distance for us, too, like, totally made us communicate way better.
0: Mm-hmm. It was super good.
2: I think it was really good for us. Um. But I think the purpose of us, now we're married two months in, like we said... And like, we still have so much to learn about each other and like where we're, um, where we're going to be. Yeah. But the reason that I wanted to like talk this all out between us two is I think that we don't recognize, like our stories probably sound very similar to a lot of people's out there where their relationship with their, with a the person who, um, yeah, their boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, their husband or wife was just kind of like a rocky relationship and people don't always understand like the intricate um insides of what's going on in people's relationships they just see it on the outside and I'm sure from the outside our relationship looked like nobody had any clue what was going on very misguided very yeah. yeah neither of us had any clue what we were doing but in reality we were just going through both of us were just going through so much internally yeah, and we weren't always sure how to process it. And we didn't know how to like lead one another mm-hmm. until we did.
0: And I think we, we also didn't know like how to, at least speaking for myself, like how to take responsibility for things that I was dealing with in a way that didn't like make that your responsibility. Mm. Um, like I didn't expect, I, I, for much of our relationship, I was expecting you to fix problems that only God could fix. Our time spent with God could fix or time spent lonely could fix or suffering could fix. Like all of the grace that comes from those things, um, is what was actually going to fix the things that I was depending on you for. Mm. Um,
2: and I think that all the things that I was trying to find enjoyment in weren't, what was going to lead me to what i meant to like truly Mm -hmm. you know what was going to fulfill me yeah um not that they were bad but it just it wasn't it wasn't right and anybody who's gone through that phase of like recognizing like cutting out drinking um cutting out smoking cutting out kind of being like lazy in certain areas of my life that I wasn't taking mm. very seriously and like recognizing like that's a problem um not taking responsibility for that and like owning up to it i think once i got to that point that put our relationship in a much better spot when i recognized like oh that's not and not that even you know no offense to you not that mm-hmm. even you're going to always fulfill me like i can't right. look for yeah, my yeah, fulfillment for sure. in you Or in the other person at all. Yeah. And it's just, like, recognizing, like, we have to find our fulfillment and really just giving praise to, like, the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think, um, not to make this, like, super long, because I know we need to wrap it up, but, um, like, one of the things early on in in our, like, first stint of dating, um, one of the homilies that we listened to Father Simon, I remember he said, like, one of the kindest things you can say to someone that you love is I don't need you, but I want you. Um, because like needing someone isn't actually love because Mm -hmm. it's more of like a a self-centered, like, Oh, well I need you. Of course, I'm going to stay with you or depend on you or whatever. And, um, I think that I, we heard that early on, but I think throughout this process, I've learned more what that means. Like I don't need you to be who Tori is supposed to be Mm -hmm. to, make it to heaven, to become a saint, to do all those things. Like, all those things you can do no matter what. I can do no matter what. But I want you. uh, And I love you. And that's why I want to do it with you. um, Because that's, like, where the peace is. Even when there's a lack of peace or there's confusion or whatever. Um, So I think just, like, moral of the story for me is, like, what have I learned through all this? Like, number one, like, say bold things and do bold things and, like, trust your gut in situations where... You're confused and follow the peace. Shout out to Sam Martinez who gave me that advice. That was probably like the best advice I've ever given. I've ever been given is follow the peace.
2: Yeah, and I would just say that I wouldn't even know how to like articulate what I was what I was going through, but just always like search for I just felt like I was searching for truth throughout that entire Mm. period and I just kept being led through it. Like every time something good would just, when I was doing the, when I was on my, on top of my game, like everything was kind of like rolling in the right direction for me. And it just gave me a lot of confidence that I was making the right decisions and that I was, um, searching for truth. And I was feeling like I was being more fulfilled and in my um in my life and i you know i think that that's always going to be the cases like me and you and everyone is just searching for you know what what is the truth that we're searching for mm-hmm. um and i felt like that was kind of what led led me to where we're at now mm.
0: yeah yeah i love that like you you weren't even looking for another person but when you look for truth you like find everything else that you're supposed to have
1: right
0: along the way to that point and I think kind of how you were saying like everything just started like working out when you were looking for the truth and everything just kind of followed the next thing and you were led right. to the next good thing and I think experiences like that like a lot of people have that during a conversion experience where that experience really prepares you for all of the times when like things aren't really rolling right the right way for you but you like still trust the God that you trusted in when, when they were because you know that that's possible and you know that's like the God that he is. Right. right. I feel like we've had that experience over and over quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's us.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, thank you for tuning in. God bless you all and um, pray for us and our new endeavor in marriage. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're grateful for you. Thank you, Nathan, for this opportunity and all those at Seeking Excellence keep us in your prayers. Um, Go follow all the socials. Go check out my wife, Tori's, (laughs) until I figure something else out. Her blog and her Instagram, um, as well as all the Seeking Excellence pages. I mean, all great stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God bless and go Ravens.
2: (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one.